We've got high hopes for the incoming year. It's Phil and Lisa ruin the movies with our first podcast of 2021. Fingers crossed it won't be the last. Phil, I've put regular schedules for podcast recordings on my to-do list for this year. What about you? I um I just want to get swole. Yes. I just want to I just want to all right, listeners, let's back up just a little bit and find out why Phil has fitness on his regimen. I'm Lisa Schmeising. With me is my lovely co-host, Philip Michaels. Where is he? I'll kill him. Oh, wait. No, that's me. Yes. Are okay. you, yes. Hoping to get swole in 2021. Yeah. Why? We'll tell you with two exciting trailers we watched, plus the best use of $10 for your movie rental buck. Yes. On this, your first 2021st episode of... Phil and Lisa ruin the movies. Theme song, smash cut, medium res. All right, Phil, let's talk trailers first, yes. since that's our whole thing. That is our shtick. We judge a movie based on its trailer. I want to bring up to you, two trailers doesn't quite make a trend yet. No. But I'm going to, I'm, that's not going to stop me from theorizing. This because is, it's 2021, the year of bad hot takes. Yeah. Um, there are two trailers that I think are thematically connected. Something old, something new. Um, because one film is already out. Yes. Okay. Or has come and gone. Yes. It's hard to judge how films were received these days because you don't get box office numbers. You don't get time has no meaning. No time has no meaning. We haven't left our house since March last year. And and this this uh, the first our first trailer was a movie that I think came out in December. If Allegedly. It didn't, if it didn't, they really uh, dropped the ball on it because it's a Christmas themed movie. Yes, it's called Fat Man. And you 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 probably you don't need us to tell you what. Why are you even listening? You don't need us to tell you about this trailer. You saw it. You had your guffaws. Now it's our turn. Yes. So the reason we have it is because there's also a trailer for a movie that's coming out on mm-hmm. February 26th called Nobody. And this is basically Gen X is having itself like a little midlife crisis, Phil. They, they really are. It's Gen a- X is Gen X is hitting the gym, Phil. Yeah. Gen X is uh, working through some issues, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> Gen X has decided they're tired of being irrelevant and pushed out of the national conversation. Gen about- X isn't skipping leg day anymore, Lisa. No, they've got their leg day bay. Yeah. <laughs> But both of these trailers basically come down to a middle-aged man, a middle-aged white man is really angry about being irrelevant. And so what he does is he gets swole mm-hmm. and then he shoots things Yes, now, and, and, makes th- and makes threats in monotone voices. Now, now I, I don't want to... Um, Mel Gibson is not I, I was gonna, I was but gonna, like the movie apparatus that supports this monkey show. Sure, challenge. okay. That's, I, I was, I was going to say... Look who's greenlighting the films these Mel days, Mel Gibson Phil. is far from middle age, but the, your, your point remains, Walton Goggins, he's, he's of an he's, age. He's a Gen Xer. Yeah, he's an, of an age, and yeah. he, he certainly is a, a violent should. idiot in this movie. Well, this, this is kind of Walton Goggins is a violent idiot. It's kind of his oeuvre. Yeah, yeah you know, I've been, I've been watching, because it's, it's football playoff season, so yeah. it's one of the few times that I actually um, watch NFL broadcasts on network TV and I I get the occasional promos for the unicorn and I I watch those and I think, oh man, Walton Goggins is going to kill all those people. So basically, so it's the unicorn about how Walton Goggins rides a unicorn and shows up. And everybody with the horn? Exactly. Okay. All right. I'm on it. Uh, That is my assumption. I've not (laughs) investigated further. (laughs) Oh, Walton Goggins, you're so sweet and sensitive. Am I though? And then the killings begin. (laughs) Coming up next, two and a half men. There used to be three, but Walton Goggins got a hold of one of them. With the unicorn. Yes, with his unicorn. <laughs> you know, the th- what I like about this, though, is that we're, we're assuming it's a live unicorn and not a horrible euphemism for something. <laughs> Would you like to be gored on my unicorn? Oh, God. Yes, exactly. I, wow. This is, this is family-friendly TV, though. Wow. It's a real unicorn. Yeah, well, it's CBS, man. Yeah, yeah this is true. <laughs> They save the after dark stuff for CBS All Access. Yeah. <laughs> but 
card as you've never seen them before. Oh, yes. Make it so. I would hit that subscribe button so fast. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And it's now Paramount Plus just to... Just Just, to, uh, who can keep up? There's like a billion streaming services at this point. Who can? Anyway, I guess Fat Man might have debuted on one of them, but it's basically um, Mel Gibson hates everybody. He's Santa Claus. The Gen Xers want to kill Santa. Yes. As, as, as typified by Walton Goggins. And it's basically a white man who's really angry that no one is being nice to him. Yeah. And then we get the trailer for Nobody, which has um, a real swole Mr. Show. Yes. Um, yes. Help me out with the name here. Uh, Bob Odenkirk. Okay, yes. Real swole Mr. Show. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess after um, doing time in the suburban trenches, trenches as a Gen X dad, he begins murdering people so i or they want to murder him from what i gathered it's mayhem man i just from from what i gathered he he he's an Uh ex-hitman who retired to start a family (sighs) and then he's in a home invasion robbery and that triggers like triggers the the murder sprees the murder sprees and he decides to and 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 then people from his past start showing up i think i think this is what i was able to glean from the trailer okay so the the thing that always gets me because this is not the first movie where oh i had a terrible past and it's come back like there's the viggo mortensen yes um, history of violence i was gonna say the the way to that is it's it's viggo mortensen has has things to do with a lady friend on a, on a flight of stairs mm-hmm. like that's a memorable scene in that movie mm. so there's the Viggo Mortensen movie there um, there's Gina Davis has the amnesia but then gets back to killing movie yes um, um, the non-pirate movie yeah long kiss goodnight long no. kiss goodbye long kiss goodbye no. long kiss with black sails yes yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you could mix the genres yeah and then there's the whole um, well there's your road to perditions there's your you, death wishes yeah in fact I, w- I was I was in my head, you you said Mr. Show gets swole. Uh-huh. Uh, my my thought was uh, better called Death Wish is better what not. I called <laughs> called the movie. So there's that. Uh-huh. But my point is, there's a whole genre. There's there's the Liam Neeson did the whole thing. Oh, with, Liam Neeson has an entire career, and then he said he wasn't going to make those movies anymore, and he keeps making those movies because um, they make money hand over. Yeah, fist. the good the good thief is his his latest, and, and then, he's in yeah. that, and he's murdering people and right and left. Is, hasn't Denzel Washington made at least one film where he murders people just because he's good at it? Denzel Washington was in the movie version of The Equalizer, yeah, which is the the was the CBS series uh-huh. back in the day. Are they bringing that? Like, with Queen Latifah and they're bringing too. it back with Queen Latifah. Oh, hell, the Queen! So we <laughs> so, have that. So there's there's those, and uh-huh. I, I guess the thing I'm confused about is it seems like America actually has more more retired hitmen than it does actual working coal miners at this point. <laughs> You know, it, with the hitman industry has really gone into a tailspin. That, like, is this that are, explains the Biden victory? Obviously, because he appeals to the the hitman, the retired who, hitman, the hitman who feel left behind by the, America, the retired hitman yes. demographic. Like, why aren't they all just on next door instead? Yes, well. You know? Uh, is that where they're finding the neighbors that they now have vendettas against? If John Wick is to be believed, they oh. are hanging out at a hotel. Yeah, I guess. So the thing that, again, I found the energy in both um, Mr. Show Gets Swole uh-huh. and uh, Mel it, Gibson is Aggrieved. I found the energy yes. in both those trailers to just be really hostile and exasperating because there's like this sense of curdled entitlement in both of them where like the whole premise behind both movies seems to be you have only yourself to blame for not letting me get my way. Mm. And so I just find that really deeply off-putting because that sense of unearned grievance is toxic feeling and it's unpleasant to watch. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't quite 
get that vibe. I found uh-huh. it unpleasant. Oh, don't yeah. get me wrong, but, yeah. but for different reasons. By the way, I think we can call Fat Men. The alternative title for that is Mel Gibson still not celebrating Hanukkah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Maybe he's just really angry that people say Happy Holidays yeah, and say Merry I, Christmas. I, I guess so. I'm sure that is a plot point. No, I just... I guess the question- as, as I've gotten older, because uh-huh. both of these movies probably would have appealed to me in my 20s, Yeah. as I've gotten older, the whole... Let's be let's be arch about violence. And, yeah. Oh, people are doing violent things. Quip, 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 quip. Quip, quip, quip. Punch, shoot. Yeah. And it. Okay, I really like punch suit. Yes. Uh-huh. Um. And it it doesn't appeal to me. I think the breaking point for me was when we watched um, uh, the movie Smoking Aces. Oh, oh, that was like the, which a reviewer a like reviewer I for, in the face repeatedly. That's what the reviewer said. It was he he called it like being punched. I I wish I could quote him like being punched in the face with meat. Yeah, uh, and that was that was pretty much it. Um, and I for a what for a moment I thought that in my brain Bob Odenkirk was in that, and then yeah. I realized it was Jeremy Piven the the uh, beta uh, the the beta version of, of Bob Odenkirk. I feel like he's more like zero point five B. There were still yeah. a few more iterations before you got to so and. Odenkirk. That was just that was another one of those. Ah, we're all going to be arch as we shoot each other, and and. Ugh. I, I also feel like maybe read the room nationally and realize that you know being arch about violence is 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 kind of a tough sell in the U.S. It, you know, it feels deeply it, it feels deeply cynical to me. It, it yeah. feels like people are sitting around in front of their copy of a uh, final draft, going. America is really violent and angry these days. I wish there were a way we could profit off that. Well, to circle back to the whole Gen X thing. Let's um, have David Cross murder a mime. Like, I think that might have been a plot point in Arrested Development. Mm. Um, To circle back to the whole Gen X thing for a moment, you could probably make the argument that one of the biggest... there, There are some significant trends that Gen X has brought to mainstream entertainment first as performers. Cause you had ensemble shows like Mr. Show mm-hmm. and the Ben Stiller show in the state in the early nineties. But don't forget, these guys are now at points in their careers where they're greenlighting things. They have producer, they have producer records. Um, their cohort is running stuff. And I would also argue that with South park cynicism and quippiness are kind of the, the easy go-to. Yeah. And so I think what we're seeing is kind of a little bit of a generational sensibility that's frankly toxic and unpleasant. Hmm. And also, it feels pretty deeply out of touch. Um, And, you know, I agree with you. There's like some, oh, there's like the spirit deadening aspect of violence. It's quippy and fun. Yeah. But I don't think you can take a look at what breaks on, say, TikTok or... um, YouTube and take a look at the, the, the absurdist and nihilist strains of humor that, that run through there. And it's just, if I'm 15 or 16, there's no way I'm going to go see fat man because it's something like, Oh, my dad would probably like it. Yeah. But you know, these are people who sing sea shanties instead. So, so, so what you're basically saying here Uh to, to read your words back to you, yeah, you are, are saying that, um, uh, 
violent movies like this are going to become the submarine books of uh, of our generation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Except submarine books are cool. Yeah, submarine books are because, fun. Because, uh, like, submarines, I, I would argue that submarines are like the ultimate nihilist situation because it's, mm-hmm. you're trapped in a metal tube with mm-hmm. three dozen of your closest enemies. You must hot sheet the bunks and the soft serve machine has broken. You'll hear a wail on the sonar. There is no escape. Yeah. Like, Can't step outside for a breath of fresh Hair. No, get no. your head together. No, like I feel like submarines are are the perfect metaphor for for you know the, these weird times, and um, blithely zipping up to the North Pole to murder you some reindeer yeah. is is you mm-hmm. know. I mean, glad to see Marion Jean Baptiste getting some work in the trailer. Sure, that's like, in uh, Fat Man. That's not in, in Fat Man. Not in the other one. But um, I I can't I, I can't with this. I can't with the violent revenge fantasies. It doesn't speak to it doesn't speak to prevailing sensibilities it seems like the scream of people who are angry that they're already out of touch and irrelevant mm. and i'm not here for that kind of grievance anymore no i i'm the the fact you're much more into tiktok than i am oh my gosh because <laughs> the young people they frighten and confuse me with their lip syncing and they're they're but yeah. you, you are where we live with a young person right yes and she frightens me with her lip syncing and her <laughs> and her walking by me and going zippity boppity boo when i'm listening to jazz it's when she did the unbox it's when she did the fake unboxing monologue for the recent nailed it live experience that that i i saw fear actually cross your face yeah, at several points exactly uh-huh. but it, it it gives me some hope that absurdist comedy or just yeah. um uh, Dadaism, for, yeah. for, for lack of a better word. Like, I, I, I kind of miss that. I grew up on, on Monty Python yeah, stuff. Yeah, which is and, pretty. And where, where you just have weird things happening. And, like, one and... of my favorite TikTok, TikTok streams is an Australian woman who um, does dirty dancing with chickens, where she dresses up like Patrick Swayze, puts a dress on her rooster, and recreates time of your life. Wait, she does this repeatedly? Well, no. She just. just I, the I've one time. Her. Yes. She's also discoed with the chickens. Okay, again, we're going back to my original question. <laughs> I'll, well, I'll re- she's disco repeatedly. Let me rephrase. Uh-huh. There are multiple dances with chickens. Yes. State hasn't stepped in yet. It's Australia. Everything uh, Apparently does. there are no rules. She's apparently. not dancing with spiders or with cassowaries, so no. I think it's okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, um... No, it's amazing. It's really absurdist. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's something. Yeah, no, like, I've basically cultivated absurdist TikTok as my, mm. as my new escape stream. Well, and that's good. I like it a lot more than I like trailers about swole Mr. Show talking about how maybe my mistake was being a nice guy for 12 years instead of just... Making people bleed and flexing my pecs. Yeah, yeah. Well, my my escape has been um, old uh, old things on YouTube. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, great. And Broadway and Broadway um, uh, songs, and that is how um, apparently YouTube's algorithm has decided that I'm stalking Sutton Foster. Yeah. Well, despite the fact that I had to ask you, who who is Sutton Foster? And I said, didn't you see Younger? And you no. were like, no, no, of course I did. No, and now now YouTube is all there's an original Bunhead. Mm-hmm. They call he he watches all of the Bunheads. Yeah, and needs to see everything about Sutton Foster well, ever I, produced. I think the last year was particularly challenging for this podcast because part of the reason we started it was we would go to movies. We well, a we would go to movies, but b the whole point was you watch this trailer. Do 
do you really want to go to all the effort of leaving the house and paying tons of money and eating bad popcorn to watch this? Or do you just want to listen to our podcast for free and feel superior knowing that we've already made fun of the movie for you? Yeah. And then, like, no one left the house in 2020. And movies dropped onto streams. Mm-hmm. And... There were Sutton Fosters to stalk yeah, uh, like, through YouTube. There were TikToks to enjoy. And tons of streaming services. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, we currently enjoy four streaming services, for example. So that was a bit of a challenge, but we did watch some movies. We've gotten to like a family movie night thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should segue into. I think a, I thought you were segueing it. It was very smooth. It was smooth. It until, was, and, you, you, and now you've you've driven off the off, off well, ramp still, onto the. No, I was I was still smooth in it, okay. and you had to call attention to it. And now, like it's it's like if I were in the middle of doing a triple flip on a back beam, and all of a sudden you're like that loud gymnast. Oh my god. She's doing a triple flip, and I'm like, ah! God, then you, okay. And, like, chin on the beam. Okay. So let's back up, and then. So I was going to say, one of the things we watched recently was Mulan. Yes. And then we watched the most magnificently bat-crap movie ever last night. Uh-huh. Um, what, and what's that movie called? Skyfire. Yes. It's called Skyfire. It is not a James Bond movie. No. Um, no the, Adele. The reason I want to discuss these two together is... Um, one, Mulan was supposed to come out in theaters, and it was arguably the first big cinema casualty of the pandemic. Yeah, that and James Bond. Two, well, oh yes, James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, two, when we Mulan is also it was high profile for being a collaborative effort between a very westernized style of Disney making with Disney and. Um, the, ch- and, the Chinese film industry, which is huge. Huge, but runs on really different sensibilities, both aesthetically and um, narratively. Mm-hmm. And one of the persistent critiques that pops up when actual qualified critics talk about Mulan is this is not a successful cross-cultural experiment. No. Like, it's inert in places where it shouldn't be. It's, uh, it's It feels like both sensibilities were talking past each other. It's not comprehensible to either audience. No. Um, whereas... When we see Skyfire, um, they basically have a Western actor in it because you need to have somebody to stand in for foolish Western imperialism. And the rest of it is just unabashedly Chinese cinema. And it's glorious. Oh, my and gosh. We, I, we should point out it's also directed by uh, a Westerner. In fact, his name is Simon West. Yes. Who, uh, you may remember from such movies as Con Air. Yes. And, uh, Which is also yeah. pretty gloriously bat crap. Yeah. Yeah. And and so he was the director for this. And the Western actor, the, the man in the check please role, is, uh-huh. uh, is Jason. And Isaacs. Yeah, this is actually how we found out about this movie because Phil listens to a podcast. Yes, I listen to the uh, uh, Kermode and Mayo podcast, and I think "Say Hello to Jason Isaacs" is it, that's their little catchphrase because the film critic is 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 pals with uh, Jason Isaacs, and and he was on there to promote this uh, this hunk of Gouda, yeah, or whatever the Chinese equivalent of Gouda is. So anyway, here let me let me set up the situation for you. So Phil's been mildly intrigued by this ever since he heard about this movie because you know Jason Isaacs is on the podcast. And he's like, oh, very different experience making it. It was lovely. Um, mm-hmm. It is. And and he he explain, he sketches out the bare premise, which is I play a South African tycoon who's built a luxury amusement park on an active volcano. Mm-hmm. And Phil and I, having actually vacationed while um, not 20 miles away from where a volcano was erupting and watching how it disrupted and distorted the whole local economy, we're like, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to see how this works out because it's like Jurassic Park, but with lava that way. Yes. So last night we we, we go to sit down, have, have Friday movie night, which has varied everything from um, 
Broadway spectacles to Marvel movies to Mulan. And, the, you know, Phil once again searches for this. And we had a brief debate. Do we spend the $10 to rent the movie? Um, and I'm like, we've, we've spent $10 on dumber stuff. Mm-hmm. So we, we rent it. 93 minutes later, all of us have permanently injured the muscles in our stomachs from laughing so hard. It's it's howlingly good. It's yes, and the thing is, it's like ninety three minutes of mindless spectacle mm-hmm. and bananas special effects, and things just keep happening. There are no anti heroes, which is a refreshing change from like everything and um there are like weird improbable scenes like underwater proposals and an old man who chooses to die in a wooden boat around a river of lava Mm -hmm. and not one but like three separate death-defying motorcycle chases Mm -hmm. and there's a model who's allegedly a geologist and there's there's children in peril who get unparalleled, deperiled as it were. But like the thing that really sold me on the movie mm-hmm. was how like you'd see people running and then randomly like a giant flying chunk of lava would take them out. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> it was like watching a video game. The the, lo- the lava mm-hmm. on here, yeah, um, is is not your. This is not your daddy's lava. This is targeted lava. It is rocks which just fly through the air and crush people. Like again with Monty Python, like a foot coming down from heaven to, like to one, smush you. Like at one point, our daughter was watching. Our daughter watched this with us because you know we're great parents. Who yeah, our kid watches. <laughs> Um, Not traumatized at all. No, but we watched it at one point, and she's like, is Paley drunk? Is that why she just keeps throwing the lava everywhere? And we're uh, like, you know, sure, yes. sure. That is Paley's his- going through a bad breakup. Yeah. And said, I tell you, <laughs> you've done the best to. I put, she put on some Kelly Clarkson mm-hmm. and, like, began just randomly wiping. No, I, I, I kid you it not. It could have been the star. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it so, back to Adele, and all comes back to Adele. So basically, the movie is this: Jason Isaacs is a South African businessman. He looks like Elon Musk skinned grimace and yeah. put on his his fur as a suit. Yeah, he's put on Elon Musk as a skin suit. It's still like, and the thing is to express an appreciation for Jason Isaacs as an actor because uh-huh. he's he's a pretty charismatic screen presence. He is, and I've read interviews with him where he's like, I don't feel like I play villains. I feel like I play people who who always have very clear motivations for what they do, and they just their motivations aren't necessarily everyone else's and he like he does it here where he has you know he's oh i'm a south african businessman with with the south african accent and i have this beautiful young malaysian model wife mm-hmm. and we are in serious financial trouble so when we open- as, as one does when one opens a uh, hotel and no, resort like, like on, the whole, on volcano like, island the, no like the whole point is he opens it up because it's a big financial gamble that's supposed to pay off and so when the beautiful model who plays a geologist comes up and she's like you've been ignoring my calls i've made a 3d laser model of the volcano called Dara, it's going to blow. He's like, we can't because I owe money to a bank. So there's his motivation for keeping things open. He's allegedly a bad person, except, except, except he gets like this heroic arc. Yeah. Which is fantastic. But the whole movie is basically, I mean, we, we checked our watches. It was 13 minutes of setup, just 13 minutes where you get introduced to all eight main characters mm-hmm. and find out what makes them tick. And then the next 
80, 80 minutes are lava. It is nothing but like... Then one guy is getting blown like he's standing on top of a tea kettle. Blown yeah. up in the air. Yeah, no, there was literally... Because like, the model the, the model geologist lady has like... She's got problems with her dad, who's also a volcanologist, of course. So she has like her surrogate father figure. Mm-hmm. And at one point when she's in one of her series of perils, like she looks back and he's like, go, go. And then literally this giant steep... <laughs> Blows him off the screen. Yep. Just, psh, I have expected them to, like, the camera to zoom back and just see his body <laughs> flailing as it was cooked. As, as, they, as they throw this dummy up in the air. Yes. Yeah. No, because they kind of did that. Um, spoilers, there, there, there's also, um, this movie, I suppose, says a few things about what it means to die a good death versus a non-good death. I suppose Well, No, no, I'm reaching here. Okay. I'm like, man, I, I have to stretch out these muscles I pulled last night from laughing. Yes. And at one point, like the one cowardly death, there, there's a point where you have like two suspended monorails that are outracing a lava flow. I swear this happens. Yeah. And, um, as one does. Unfortunately, the malicious lava flying rocks have also taken out the track for one of the suspended cars. And so in order to like not die, people in the peril car have to jump into the other car, but there are giant poles. And so they have to count to five. And on every count of five, they leap just narrowly avoiding the pole. Yeah. And there's one guy who gets progressively more freaked out. And so of course, the guy who doesn't trust the wisdom of model geologist and her men mentor mm. like panics and you actually see him go face first and splat into the pole like he is wily e. coyote <laughs> and then his body pancakes down to the ground and we were like holy cats they did that but like everybody else gets to die very noble deaths because they do things like sacrifice themselves for orphaned children mm-hmm. or sacrifice themselves for their estranged model daughter geologist yes or like sacrifice themselves for the terrible rapper who is also the computer jockey yes or sacrifice themselves for their their granddaughter who has just had the underwater proposal with a model geologist dude who Mm -hmm. runs around the whole movie with the most beautiful complexion i've seen on anyone male or female and a shirt strategically unbuttoned to the navel with his wax chest gleaming in every shot it's glorious like the aesthetics are beyond um and it's got it's got stuff I've seen in a lot of kung fu movies where there's these really huge emotional beats and and the music swells and people like have big feelings and then they cram them down because of duty and they go in and they do something else. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. See, my favorite death uh-huh. was the fellow who <laughs> is hit by lava and his his back his his suit catches on fire. Yes, and he look and they managed to put it out. He looks like he just he smells like barbecue. Yeah, and he is not happy as you would not. And then they get him, oh, you're safe. And then he's crushed by another rock. And it's all, oh, it would have been better to not let you live. The he's first like time. crushed front and back. Yeah, front, pressed on both ends. Yeah, it's like he's a Cuban sandwich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the Cubano of death. <laughs> like, but without a pickle to take the, add a little piquant flavor. Oh, my. It's just the, the way people are randomly taken out because you see them running in panic and then wham! Yep. <laughs> And the thing is, after we've just spent a good 30 minutes all, I don't like random violence and cynicism. Like, the thing is, this is like watching a video game. It's like yeah. watching a video game. And we, I, we were trying to talk about this this morning and bottom out. Why were we so entertained by this? Because- In addition to being brainless. And I was like, number one, it's not a real island. Mm-mm. It's not a real situation. So it's so far removed from reality. It's not resonant. Um, and then like, I think the second thing is the special effects are just so bonkers. Like it doesn't register. 
like the fact that at one point at the beginning of the movie, like the geo- the geology station is set up next to this be- beautiful flowing river. And by the end of it, it's set up next to this beautiful flowing lava river where people are still like having long, meaningful conversations on wooden bridges suspended over a river of lava. And at one point, I think I turned to both you and Trix and I was like, okay, I'm not crazy when... Mount St. Helens was going to blow, like, for a month leading up to it. No one was allowed within, like, a 50-mile radius, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah, that, that scans. And I'm like, so why are they having tram visits as as the volcano is rumbling, you know? And it's getting insured. What's going on? It always comes back to the insurance. Yeah, it always does. And um, yeah, and I was the one who said, that, don't they? You would think that the first thing you do if you are setting up your resort in on at yeah. the base of, of Mount Doom is uh-huh. to have a very comprehensive... Uh, uh, Geological survey. Well, no, a, a comprehensive escape policy. Like, yeah. here are the boats. We don't plan on using them. We will. But yeah. uh, here's how we're all going to proceed off the island no. in case the thing. So this actually brings me back to Jurassic Park a little bit. Yeah. Because there have been a lot of jokes about how 2020 was the year that proved that Jurassic Park would be a going business concern. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And my daughter and I have been watching the Camp Cretaceous TV series, mm-hmm. which is basically more of the same. And um, <laughs> yes, let's keep bringing children to Jurassic World. Unsupervised children. Yes. The questions I, I always have about something like Jurassic Park are, why would you make carnivores when there are just enough herbivores that are still weird and awesome and terrifying? Like you don't need to have raptors when you can have pleosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, like, or or why would you have flying death from above? Like that just makes no sense. And I feel like a little bit of that Jurassic Park sensibility does kind of come through here when you're like, literally, why would anybody want to come? to a place where you're like, oh, you could get a 90-minute Lomi Lomi massage, or you could end up being pelted by hot lava until you're dead. See, this is the thing that I actually think Skyfire did a good job of of ticking off that box, because uh-huh. Jason Isaacs is doing his presentation, yes. and I'm not going to do the accent, because I will offend 82 cultures when I do. Yeah. But he's all, yeah, this is a hotel for the selfie generation, and and you want to have the danger, but you know deep down it's safe. But yeah. the, and Of course, it's not safe, yeah. Jason Isaacs, I, because I, you ignored your model geologist. Yeah. And also the fun thing about selfie culture in the outdoors is you've had an awful lot of people die in national parks from taking selfies at the wrong time. Oh, sure. But I, I yeah. think I think that is the, the little bit, the, the pleasure center of your brain that yeah. it's, uh, that it's it, the movie is poking. That yeah. you're going to, every good disaster movie yeah. uh-huh. has the, that guy deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. The, 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 there, there's the occasional tragic death in a, yeah. in a disaster movie to to yeah. to, to have the, the the pathos. Yeah. But most disaster movie deaths are finally that guy got it. Thank God. Actually, to talk about yeah, um, what actually impresses me is how thematically and narratively tight this movie is. Oh, sure. Because the movie starts off with model geologist as a little girl losing her mother to the volcano's earlier eruption. Yes. And then you flash forward to the point where she's no longer a little baby model geologist, but a grown-up lady model geologist. Honoring her mother by uh, working on the same volcano what killed her mother. In the same job what killed her mother. Mm -hmm. And um, 
over the course of the movie, you also see a mother and daughter who are at the resort because that's great parenting. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, the mother gets killed by the volcano, but the little girl gets rescued and is then brought into the ad hoc family of survivors that model geologist has created. So you see, it's the same thing where like the, the tragedy is recapitulated, but there's a little bit different outcome this time. Mm -hmm. And thematically it all ties up just like all the estrangements and um, like we get a second proposal scene because I guess one, one underwater scene isn't enough. And I kept thinking, wow, they like someone had a formula and they went through and they balanced the formula on both sides of the equation. And I just really respect that kind of tight filmmaking. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's not an incompetently made picture. Is, no, is it's the great. That what makes it just, crazy is the special effects the special effects and um and the fact that everyone is is dead serious in this picture it there is no winking there is no nodding no there is no oh we're making a cheesy disaster movie but like this is actually what i really liked about it uh-huh. um there are two things three. First is the type filmmaking yeah second i like that everyone takes it seriously there's no irony there's no there's no detachment it is this is not a sharknado in other words yeah yeah this is just everybody's like, yes, my job right now is to unbutton my shirt to the waist, <laughs> propose to this. <laughs> it's the job he was training for all his life, apparently. Looks like it. Yeah. So he unbuttons his shirt to his waist. He proposes to his lady love underwater. Then they go rescue an old man who chooses to die on them. Like, I love how they played every beat of that really seriously. All, all those days of not eating bread are finally paying off for Quan Jean. They were. Yeah. And then three, it's a 93 minutes long. Yep. Like this movie zips. And I don't know about you, like, you know, you and I took a week off of work to watch The Irishman. Yep. And all that. Like, I just really think that there is a time and a place where what you need is like an hour and a half of shutting off your brain and letting the spectacle overwhelm you. We got that. And, you know, that's great. Like, this movie is not going to win any prestigious awards and it doesn't have it, to. It will if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe Phil, if we can actually get our act together and you show up for the recording times that I set on the calendar. Yes, ma'am. If we can get through 2021, then I promise you the first podcast for 2022 will be the Roonies. Okay. Where you, where, where Phil needs to ruin the movies awards things based on our own highly idiosyncratic categories. They're already engraving the name on the statue for Skyfire. Yes. Oh, it was so great. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can have the Skyfire Memorial Humanitarian Award. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Presented by Jason Isaacs. He hangs out on cool podcasts. He does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, cool is the key word there. Mm -hmm. Oh, anyway, mm -hmm. um, highly recommend it. It's you, you have, you, I'm sure everyone listening has spent $10 on worse things. Um, so this is a, a this if you look at it this way, it's like ninety cents a minute to turn off your brain. You're not going to Starbucks anymore. You're not eating your avocado toast. Who can afford that in this economy? <laughs> so instead, just yeah. get Skyfire, yeah, man. It's, exactly. It's it's just delightful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, the whole time we were watching it last night, we were like, oh, we have to talk about this. We, yeah. we have to put this on as many podcasts as possible. This mm -hmm. is glorious. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, other than us watching, um, like, the fun thing about the YouTube algorithm is it's like, oh, you like show tunes. You must really love the Korean production of Le Miserable, which yes. we have. And you must also really love this all-Italian version of Jesus Christ Superstar, which, again, we did. Several all-Italian. We have watched multiple 
because they're great. Yes, they are. They, they, it, for whatever reason in Italy, someone is always filming a production of Jesus Christ Superstar. It's almost like they have a rich tradition of art that takes a look at the Bible as source material and then they do genius things with it. Interesting theory. Yeah. Um, I'm going to need to read a couple books on that. Yeah. And then get back to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like I said, I've been watching Camp Cretaceous with my kiddo. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as movies go, like the thing is, we're old. Yeah. And we keep falling asleep during movies. Like, mm-hmm. we've, oh, we've worked our way through James Bond. Uh, James Bond, for yes. those who don't know your we- the weird language that you've invented. <laughs> In quarantine? Yes. <laughs> that version of Esperanto you and our daughter speak. Well, we watched, we watched our way through. We sh- watched most of the Roger Moore ones. And then we watched the Sean Con- Well, actually, we watched, watched the Go- Sean Connery We just ones. watched Goldfinger. Uh-huh. Or, yeah, just Goldfinger. No, we watched- she and I watched Thunderbolt. Exactly. So you've watched those. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's two. There's and, Roger Moore. And then we watched, I've uh, watched a bunch of the Piers Brosnan ones. Yeah. She, I, she's I, tagged in it on those. I should point out, and I might have mentioned this before, up until the Daniel Craig movies came out, <laughs> the only Bond movie I'd ever seen was Goldfinger. Ah. And that was on a plane mm. in 1984 going to the, going to, to Hawaii with my parents. I saw Goldfinger. And I, and I, and I said, oh. These James Bond movies are all right. I should watch them. Fast forward like 20 years later. Yeah. And, oh, this, this Casino Royale is okay. I uh, had colleagues in grad school who were Bond people. Yeah. And so I was there for, I want to say, the end of the Brosnan years. Yeah. I I, I, yeah. I don't know why I wasn't ever into them, but I never was. And well, we, v- okay. Well, Vito a Kill was. Yeah, um, I, I because I came of age when I could start picking movies yeah. that I could go to by myself uh-huh. at the tail end of the Roger Moore years, at which point I would argue the Bond franchise was kind of mean. I feel like if we want to listen to Phil and Lisa shake and not stirred, uh-huh. um, I feel like the problem with the Roger Moore movies mm-hmm. is um, they, they became subject to some of the prevailing cultural influences of the 1980s, right. which separated witless and avaristic excess. And um, there was no longer any winking uh, nod to the fantasy element. Instead, it was supposed to be like actual, you know, I'm going to manifest this. Yeah. Um, And I feel like the worst one of those is View to a Kill. Yeah, I would agree. And also, it's very sad because Roger Moore is is nearly 60 in that one. And he looks like he does not want to be there. He just looks like he wants to take a nap. So Toast of London is one of my favorite uh, Britcoms. And on that... um, I forget the name of the actor. He used to be in Cold Feet, but he it's it's an older blonde guy, and he plays uh, an actor named Ed Hauser Black, who is effectively set for life because he appeared in one period drama that keeps getting refranchised on PBS. And basically all this character does is sit around in his bathrobe and look at 1970s craft magazines. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Roger Moore had like big Ed Hauser Black energy for yeah. that entire movie. Mm-hmm. And also when your Bond ladies are um, Grace Jones and Tanya Roberts, it's not going to go well for you. No. No, sir. No. Anyhow. that uh, Anyhow, Tanya Roberts died like a day after we watched that movie. Yeah. I, I feel responsible. You probably, yes, we probably are. Yes. So now we take back all those terrible things we were saying during uh, View to a Kill. No, we don't. We no. just, we didn't, it's not like we went to her bedside and said them to her. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> now someone could play this recording for. Yeah. Um, so the next question, are there any movies coming up that you're vaguely excited to buy? Oh, gosh. Um, actually, actually, yes. Um, I saw a trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Uh, which looks really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe 
it, it's been a while since it's I've seen it. But oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's um, basically uh, the Black Panthers. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> not the not the Marvel comic, but the actual yeah. uh, um, uh, controversial group. There from was yesteryear. there was a, so fun thing with the Marvel Black Panthers when that group came out. They renamed the character for a year before mm-hmm. realizing that that was actually a. A cowardly move. They mm-hmm. renamed it back. And in college, one of my first reporting assignments was to cover a debate that Black Panthers Bobby uh, Seal, Bobby Seal, and Eldridge Cleaver were having. Mm. It was a my and I bought their books after the debate and read them, and it was quite a formative experience. So yeah, so basically, it's a, a true life story about an FBI informant who goes yeah. into the infiltrates the the Black Panthers. Yeah, and, it's uh, Daniel Ka- Kalauya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, oh, Lakeith Stanfield's a little yes. good. Yeah. So it it look it looks nifty. Oh, I see Jesse Plemons is in it. I'm mm. guessing he's in Jesse Plemons as the racist. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Martin Sheen is Jake or Hoover. Yes, wow. yes, we're looking at the cast list now. So anyway, we if, as if they couldn't grok that from the fact yeah. that we're just reciting names. Any Hoover, any Hoodle, you're looking forward to that one. I'm huh? looking forward to that. Yeah. So that's it. How about you? Um, I have to be honest with you. I'd like to see soul, but I don't know mm. if I need to cry. Yeah. So, so there's that. And, um, I would like to get a little objective distance from Pixar before I see it. Just because I feel like there's, um, I'm, I'm working towards like a unified theory of Pixar storytelling aesthetics. And, uh, I, I need to have it a little more firmly fixed in my brain, I think mm-hmm. before, before I get there. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, well, on that note, on that note, what we'd like to do, please, um, we implore you, open your mind to the possibility of of, of dumb entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't already, yeah, uh, you can do worse. You can, uh, if you're in the U.S., you can probably find Skyfire on um, iTunes for rental. We mm-hmm. had to search for it using Jason Isaacs instead of the movie title because you get the movie title and you get a whole different movie, yeah. which we don't recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And we would love to hear what you guys have been watching and whether you've hit a wall in your pandemic viewing since we have been basically at the mercy of streaming services and film libraries for a year. Exactly. Yeah. Really plumbing the depths now. And if any one of you watched Fat Man, um, let us know how it went. Yes. Or if you're looking forward to... Um, to, to, to uh, Mr. Shogat's wall. Better call Death Wish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you for tuning in. Welcome to 2021 with us on... Um, it is 2021, right? Yes. Again, time is a flat circle. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I come from the future. And this has been Phil Lisa Bring the Movie. There are movies with Gen Xers who are violent and volcanoes that rain down fire and Jason Isaacs wears a purple suit. Oh, it is a lovely purple yes. suit. I'm Philip Michaels. I'm Lisa Schmeiser. Talked over your exit. So let's, let's go. Bye bye bye. bye, bye.